I'm Roger Miller, and this is Collective Mass Radio. Hi guys, uh, welcome to the new format of Collective Mass Radio. We'll be doing a little pre-gaming before our interview, where we chat about the new games and um, things out for the asset store in Unity. Um, so today I wanted to take um, take a quick look at the Pro Builder tools. Um, very cool set of tools. Pro Builder is a little package that you can get on the asset store that allows you to build geometry really quickly in the Unity editor. Now, this is something that I personally have been wanting for a long time because um, it just, if you wanted to prototype something or you didn't want to kind of open up your 3D package or kind of talk to your artist to get 3D assets for you, you could just quickly make it. Um, it's also really kind of similar to the Hammer Editor. Um, so if you're used to that kind of whole uh, BSB uh, asset creation, um, the Pro Builder tool is definitely for you. Um, it's uh, it's co also comes with a bunch of um, other tools. If you take a look at the ProCore uh, suite of tools, um, so these guys have made ProBuilder, made a bunch of other things. Um, they made something called ProGrids, ProGroups, uh, a cool tool called Prototype, which is basically ProBuilder really dumbed down, allowing you to just block out levels. ProBuilder itself allows you to do UV mapping and all kinds of other stuff. Prototype just allows you to block out levels and see if the game works. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, it also comes, uh, there also comes with um, something called Quick Decals, which is a, a kind of a decal mapping software. So if you like build your level, you want to put blood splatter and grime all over the walls, you can use Quick Decals. They've got something called Quick Edit. Um, and uh, Quick Edit is a 3D mesh editing tool, so I would highly recommend that for anyone using Unity because it allows you to tweak your models inside of Unity, your meshes. Um, and then there's something called Quick Brush, which, um, as far as I know, is a almost like a geometry painting tool. So you have a bunch of trees that you want to spray paint on a surface. That's what Quick Brush is all about. So you've got Pro Builder, which is a standalone tool, and then you've got this suite of tools that comes together with um, the ProCore package. So definitely take a look for it on the Asset Store. Um, you can go to www.protoolsforunity3d.com uh, to take a look at um, all the other tools. That's the website for these set of tools. Um, so that is my Asset Store plug because it's really cool tools um, and I know that the guys work really hard on it. Uh, but moving on to games made in Unity. So the first game I'd like to talk about is a game called Fract, which looks incredible. Um, it's a very Tron-like styled looking game, um, and it's a full audio experience game. So um, the way that I've, I've kind of come to see it is a whole um, kind of audio exploration. So you're in this world and you have to figure out these little puzzles, which are all audio puzzles. Um, I think the game came out two days ago, so definitely pick it up. Um, I will definitely be taking a look at it. I've been excited for it for a while. But if you go to the website, which is fractgame.com, that's F-R-A-C-T game.com, um, you can take a, check it, take a look at the videos and uh, take a look at the style. The style is super awesome. Reminds me of the old Wipeout kind of series um, and certainly has Tron influences with uh, straight-up polygons without smoothing as kind of surfaces. So um, that's the first game I wanted to talk about. The second game that looks really cool is a game called Hitman Go. Um, also made in Unity 
and um, yes, it is the Hitman franchise. So it seems like the latest uh, addition to the Hitman franchise is this game, and it's um, a very different twist. It's a straight-up like digital board game, um, which uh, looks... Yeah, it just looks like a board game. It's got all the old, the old kind of... It has a, the basic vibe of Hitman, but you've got little pieces on a board, and it's very strategic. You move your piece, and then other pieces move along with it. Um, I looked at it. It looked very kind of... It was a really good-looking game for Unity, um, and on the mobile platform, I was also very interested to see AAA Studios using this. Um, and then when I took a look at the kind of limited movement stuff. I thought it would be kind of a crappy game, but it's actually sucked me in. It's a very, very good um, puzzle game. Um, it's also kind of super interesting because you take a look at, like, there's a few things that you can do, right? You're just moving your character around, but uh, the puzzle mechanics are incredible. I'd really highly recommend it as a um, just as an example of a really good game based on a solid idea. Um, I once, I can't remember who I was chatting to, but um, the whole concept is, is if you take off all the skin and all the fanciness that you put on your game and the game stands um, as is, let's say you would take your first person shooter and you replace all the fancy graphics with just a block and another block, is it still fun? Um, and if the answer is yes, you have a solid game. Um, and that definitely uh, is the truth with uh, with Hitman. Um, even if you stripped off all the fancy graphics, the core mechanic is really good. Anyway, that's it for the pre-game. Uh, now on to the interview. Hello and welcome to Collective Mass Radio number seven. I'm here with Steve McIver uh, from Tasty Poison Games. Um, and uh, he's actually a Canadian fellow who has moved to Cape Town to make games. Um, he's got uh, his latest t title out on uh, Kickstarter. And I'll hand over to, to him to give us a little bit more of a rundown of the latest game that he's got out there. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, our latest game actually is... A little bit unusual for us because we're we're already known in the mobile um, audience scape, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, but this time, yeah, this time what we're doing is we're doing a PC title. And what so, what motivated the change from mobile to PC? Honestly, yeah, the, <laughs> the mobile market's very saturated with um, freemium games. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that that is something. Do you think uh, that the mobile market is going to make it? Um, you know, as a viable marketplace for uh, for independent games because of that reason, um, or do you think they'll be moving to other platforms? Um, right now, I think there's a bit of um, a trend to for the mobile guys, uh, the indies, to start doing PC again, especially with uh, vehicles like Steam, which right. is really helping things out. Um, but at the same time, there's there's a lot of different opportunities in mobile as well. Um, for instance, we also distribute some of our games on um, Ouya. Right. And now, of course, I guess you've heard about the new uh, Fire yep. from Amazon. Yeah, really excited about that. That sounds good. Yeah, no, we, we've had a dev kit here for a while. So maybe some of our games will go to it. Very nice. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the plus side is that a lot of indies a lot of smart game developers in general are using Unity. Right. And the ability to port, you know, your mobile assets to, to Ouya or to the, the new Fire, as it's called, um, yeah, it just makes it that much easier. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. 
And how, how long have you been using Unity? Sounds like um, you're, you're pretty happy with it. Uh, oh, well, yeah, no, we're definitely happy with it. Um, since 2009, I guess. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, and did you guys start using it specifically for, for mobile games? Um, well, Tasty Poison has a little bit of an unusual history that we were working for another company that they, they hired me on as a GM. All right. And we were supposed to be doing a massive online game using Unity, um, using the web, right. web version of it. Um, and then quickly I advised them to switch over to um, iOS. Right. And I guess I had an iPhone 3. <laughs> yeah. Not, not even 3GS, just 3? Three? 3, yeah. Yeah. I was all proud of myself. I thought I had a 3GS for a while, but no, it was a 3. <laughs> oh. So you advised them to switch over, and um, maybe tell us a little bit more about Tasty Poison as a company. It uh, sounds like a like an interesting journey. Um, you guys were starting working with somebody else making an MMO, and then what happened from there? Well, actually, no, that was with the other company. Okay. And then um, essentially everyone got retrenched. Oh, so I used my severance pay to buy the equipment and start up Tasty Poison. I got us a contract right away. Oh, excellent. Yeah, no, it's pretty fortunate. <laughs> I, I yeah. find find that a lot of retrenchments are the birth of uh, really cool, interesting companies. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm waiting for some large companies here to start up so that we have a little bit more uh, stock of talented uh, individuals. I completely agree with my experience of being in South Africa is that um that there there just wasn't much of a talent pool to draw from. However, I know that um you know there's a there's another company down there called Free Lives and I've heard of some others. Um what's the indie scene like in Cape Town? Uh, surprisingly enough it's fairly strong. Um it's they have game meetups and there's quite a few interested um parties there, but at one point, there was, I think there was about 65 people crowded in the room. What? That's really yeah. impressive. Jeez. And um, UCT has a game development program here. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. So there's a lot of aspiring programmers right. uh, coming from there. And um, there's two animation schools here. And I've helped out one of them a bit. And they kind of changed their program. They're actually using Unity, too. Their artists are using Unity and making games. Wow. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, uh, what about low poly? I mean, like, uh, when I was there, nobody was teaching low poly. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a low poly guy. Right. So That sounds good. It has no bearing <laughs> on me. Uh, you know. But, right. uh, no, I, I, I started off doing low poly artwork. So this is sort of, like, very cyclic. Twice now. Right. So, so the so you're finding that um, artists in Cape Town are moving towards slow poly. They have those skills. Um, yeah, but oddly enough, it's starting to the landscape's starting to change. You don't need as low poly as before. When I'm talking about low poly, I was talking like when I started off in the industry, 600 polys was huge. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, when we were making um, when we first started with Unity here. 600 polys was huge. Yeah. <laughs> 600 so, polys and two bones and, oh, my God, I've spent all my budget. 
Oh, yeah, and then, yeah, you'd be getting all these, like, um, oh, what was it called again? Um, if you have too many bones, each bone was considered its own um, prefab almost, not prefab. Oh, help me out here. Um, I'm not sure. Their own skinned mesh? So Well, no, did... your, your mesh is um, basically an instance, and then each bone was an instance as well. Right, so and it all it's a performance of the game. So okay, so did it add an extra extra draw call or draw calls? Thank you. Jeez, <laughs> yes, draw calls. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. That, how 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 are you finding now um, using Unity with a lot more um, like high res uh, models? I'm gathering the PC title is is uh, is way more high res than than most of the mobile titles you've done. Oh, yeah, it, it won't work on anything. We actually, we loaded up on the NVIDIA Shield. Right. And also the PlayStation Vita. And uh, our game actually ran. Right. Which saying? we're really surprised. Really mm-hmm. surprised. So um, are you planning to uh, to port uh, Tom Sparks, which is your uh, your title that you're kickstarting, to, um, to Ouya? Um, the performance on New Year isn't strong enough yet. Right. But there is talks about New Year too. Right. And um, if it's anything close to the um, what was it the the Tegra Four chipset, which is like in the uh, um, Shield. Right. It should be able to do it. Right. But yeah, we have all sorts with the Shield and with the Vita. We have all sorts of um, shader issues. Yeah. Our yeah. UI isn't showing up and stuff like that, but the game's playing, which is just like amazing. That's really cool. Um, um, I, I probably attribute that to the fact that we've been doing mobile and we're, we're quite good at the mobile right. development. That all of our work is quite pristine, I guess you can say. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're used to performance issues, and now all of a sudden we have all this freedom, but we're still reining ourselves back, but but pushing it. Mm-hmm. So it looks really good. Yeah, it certainly does look good. Um, the shader issues that you might be having, I know that um, uh, I chatted to Richie Basso from um, from Sony Entertainment, and they did the ports to uh, the PlayStation Three. So um, it's probably just very simple shader issues that you guys are having, um, and I can put you guys in contact with him if you guys ever did decide to port. Um, but, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, talking about the PlayStation Three and Four, do you think you make you'll move the title onto that market as well, or are you going to just stick with the PC market? It, it's in our stretch goals. We, we'd like to. A um, couple of my guys and myself included worked with PlayStation Three for a bit. Right. So you know we're used and we have a nice nice little relationship with Sony. We, we definitely would be up to it. Right. Yeah, it would be fantastic. How do you think the uh, control structure would then change? It looks, uh, it looks like a point-and-click adventure. Um, would it? Oh, actually, no. It's completely controller. Oh, it is. Okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah. If you have a controller, you just hook it in. Oh, fantastic! So, um, so how do the PC guys um, uh, play the game? What are the control schemes for that? Just WASD and a mouse? Yeah, you can do that. Um, But at the same time, um, that's a lot of the Steam uh, players, uh, myself included, uh, have um, controllers anyways. Right. And then with the whole Steam box, it it certainly does 
uh, up your popularity on Steam. Exactly. Yeah. What are your yeah, thoughts? On, <laughs> what are your <laughs> thoughts on the Steam box? Um, it's, it's a bit out of my price range. I'm in South Africa, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, I don't even know getting it here. Really? That's yeah. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I really love the idea of of bringing the steam to you know properly to the living room. But um, when I was taking a look at the the prices, it's just you know, I can buy two consoles for that uh, if I'm getting the lowest exactly. version. Um, so that's that's a bit of a pity. But um, yeah, who knows? Do you think? Do you think just talking about consoles and bringing games to your living room? Do you think that the Amazon, um, the the Kindle Fire TV? Is going to be a Ouya killer? I mean, it seems like a very similar device. Oh, you're putting me in a in a position now, eh? Because we're <laughs> kind of like, like Ouya darlings, right? Um, yeah, I can. Be uh, I don't. I don't know because Ouya's Ouya's bound to be putting out the next Ouya, right? Yeah, it doesn't help. And on top of that, I know Ouya now um, uh, quoted. Uh, well, have, have said that they're. They're bringing out, uh, what do you call it, um, the store. For the Amazon. So the Ouya itself isn't as important as their storefront. Right, gotcha, gotcha. Ah, interesting business models. Yeah. Um, were you guys at GDC this year? No, no. Oh, right. It's <laughs> I, I keep missing it. They had we're such a really... Oh, Tom. Right. They had a really That's good... They had a really good uh, um, kind of display area for the for the Ouya games. Everyone was really uh, supportive and friendly. So that's exciting. Did you see Neon Shadow? Um, I did not see Neon Shadow. Oh. But um, that's just because I was spending most of my time talking to the guys around there. Um, but I'll go through my pictures. It's probably sitting there. Yeah. No, Neon Shadow is our first-person shooter, and it's on Ouya. How was your how how was your first experience with Ouya? Great, right? Just yeah, the, the porting was was fairly easy. Right, and, and um, did you just hear about them and decide to uh, to give them a shot, or did you uh, kind of have a, an existing relationship with them? That... Um, I got involved with it when it was kickstarted. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then I got one for all my programmers and myself, um, and we got a developer one as well. Oh, so we got three special editions. Recently, they sent us down a couple more, so we got like five five Ouyas. <laughs> wow. A little yeah. Ouya. Nice part is they don't take that much space, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, that's exciting, and I, and I really hope the best for Uyo. Um, now we should kind of just take a look at Tom Sparks a little bit more. Um, sure. It looks beautiful. Please tell us about how um, you came up with the idea um, and, and kind of just talk about the art challenges. I, I know that you're on the creative side. so um, there, there wasn't very much art challenge. It was more, more on the programming side, actually, because now all of a sudden as you know, I was able to tell the programmers go nuts. Right. You know, within, you know, reason. Um, Art-wise, the guys are just all, like, going, whoa, I can use transparencies wherever I want to. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> why not? Go for it. Yeah. Um, trying to think now. What were the – well, to tell you the truth, originally what ended up happening, it was supposed to be a mobile game. 
Right. Our, our publisher actually helped contribute towards the cost of developing it up to this point. Right. And um, that's uh, Crescent Moon Games. And they deal mostly with um, iOS and Android. Right. And he just kind of like told me he he's just not making anything now off of mobile. Right. And he wanted to try something different, like go to PC. At that point, we were already almost a month into development of Tom in a, in a, in a mobile realm, basically. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then the rest of the budget was spent getting it. So it's been five months, but four months of that was getting it to PC. Right. Right. So, so four months was, I mean, what was the process of getting it to PC? Was it just basically going through all your assets and upraising them, um, changing your loading structure? Um, I, what, what yeah. was the difference? Pretty much that's what it was, but we didn't have a heck of a lot. We had a bit of a demo level, like a, not even a tutorial level yet. Right. Um, we were just, we we're just getting the mechanics all in place. All right. So there wasn't it wasn't a huge, you know, setback. Right. But it was enough that all of a sudden it's now we have only four months in this PC. Right. And, and then you... uh then he kinda of goes, Do you think we'll be able to go mobile again? It's like whoa. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you cross the threshold. Already. Yeah. No turning back. Well, I mean, it looks fantastic. Um what was the inspiration for the game? Well, the character, of course, is Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Um, you know, we're we're looking at things like Spiral Knights um, and Ratchet and Clank, of course. Right. And um, ideally, what the studio really wanted to work on was a, a straightforward platformer. Right. But we're we're very strong on the 3D side. Right. So it just kind of made sense to go go in this direction with our next game, right? So it was it's a bit of a cowboy effort, to be quite honest. And um, and how are you feeling about it? Are you you're throwing it out in the wild and seeing what happens, or are you feeling pretty confident uh, that PC is is kind of your your blue oceans? Um, no, I think PC definitely because it's opening up so many other opportunities like for PlayStation 4, Xbox, the, the porting should be a lot easier. Right. And, you know, we, we want to grow as a company. Right. Um, we're still very good at the mobile stuff. And, and what we do at Tasty Poison is we actually, we, we hire out our services and hopefully those services pay enough that we can actually make our own titles. Right. Excellent. Yeah, especially, especially in South Africa, because yeah, the the dollar rand is pretty nice. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, yeah. It, do you find that um, that's one of the biggest contributing factors that allows you to make a higher quality games than um, a lot of other companies in the states? Um. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Uh, our overhead costs are. Yeah, my whole office costs less than a one-bedroom apartment overseas. Right. Which is nice. <laughs> uh, our internet is dodgy. Yes, I was about to ask that's, you about that. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to see things that you'll have, you know, 
people breaking down my doors here or something. So, right. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, it's a monopoly. It's uh, run by a company here called uh, Telcom, which is partly government-owned. All right. So it's kind of in their best interest just to make you feel good for the internet you get and pay for it. Right. Um, have you seen much much change of that? You know, in that situation, I can remember I left uh, two thousand and nine ish, um, and a three gig cap was like you know what you could afford as a company for a month. Um, has that changed much? Like a ten gig cap, have the speeds gotten better? Uh, no, ten gigs. Ten gigs pretty common here. Okay. Uh, in the high tech business park we're in, they still only have um, a four. Wow. Or I should say, sorry, four meg line. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now 10, 10 meg lines are quite common, but we in our high tech business park only have. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joys. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, so what was the, what was the, I mean, you've got Tom Selleck as the inspiration for, um, for Tom Sparks um, and the rest has got a very uh, interesting steampunk kind of feel to it. Um was that uh, you guys uh, big steampunk fans, or how, how did you uh, kind of get to this mashup of Tom Selleck plus steampunk? Yeah, I'll, I'll correct you. One of my artists actually would be just yelling at you right now and tuning you. It's, it's actually diesel punk. All right, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I call it steampunk all the time too. He hates me. <laughs> now I'm doing it just to, to rattle this cage a bit. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, we, we want that was one of the things we wanted actually to change things up a bit. If we were going to do something like Ratchet and Clank, we wanted to have something a little less kitty, right? Yeah, and uh, Diesel Punk definitely helps that. Um, we were actually kind of going along the, the lines of Warhammer a bit, okay? Yeah, and we decided, okay, maybe that's just a bit too uh, from, from a, a player's point of view. Some people would love it. Some people might hate it. Whereas if we get something kind of in the middle. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it, it looks beautiful. And from the gameplay videos, it looks looks like it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Um, so if I can talk a little bit about your, your pipeline, um, how, do your, how do your artists interact with Unity? Do they go and um, kind of put the models straight in and texture them? inside the app or do they hand that off to um to the developers to put in honestly if, if for the longest time um that's what we were doing we're, we're the artists are just handing off our work and the programmers are actually putting it in and, and that pipeline just doesn't work so well right so slowly now the artists are, are working in in unity as well well that that sounds good are you finding much resistance with that or do you think the are you finding the guys picking it up pretty fast I honestly really don't care too much about resistance. It's just what proves the pipeline. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, no, they, they, they've latched onto it quite a bit because they, they, they want to be in control of the lighting. They want to be in control of how, you know, the objects are placed in the scene and stuff like that. Right. So it's pretty interesting. They're not, they're not doing anything like scripting. Right. But they are just yeah. laying things out. Yeah. And uh, the programmers pretty much do have to create prefabs for them. Right. Got yeah. It. But that's, yeah, it sounds good. Um, do you have a dedicated level designer? Um, or is that uh, an extended discipline of your artists? Um, 
I am in a way. Right. <laughs> and I have, yeah, it's, it's, it's really messed up. I'm just, I'm just saying to be so busy doing everything that all of a sudden it's like, I look at the schedule and say, what's going on with the level design? Why is the level design behind? And I look on our, our Jira, like, you know, their, um, what do you Man- call it? Our agile management thing. Yeah. And I said, Oh, well that's scheduled for me. <laughs> wow! So, and like and the guys a... are constantly getting fed up, and they're just like, oh, "Okay, I'll just do it." I mean, you know, bless my my programmers because they just seem to just—they're even doing some of our press pack stuff. <laughs> well, how big is Tasty Poison? Um, right now at about seven. Alrighty, so yeah, yeah. Still when we're nice... on Neon Shadow, we were at uh, twelve. All right. Was there a couple a couple of contract guys? To beef up the numbers, or um... uh, neon just didn't sell as well as it should have. Ah, sad. Yeah. Um, how uh, if I can talk about your your creative process a little bit? How do you come up with ideas for games um, and then start turning that into a reality? Um. Well, we we have um, we have meetings. We like to have daily meetings, right. like scrums, if we can. Although that hasn't happened for a while either. Wow, I'm really bad at my job. Just tell you right now. <laughs> um, but it's 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 a collaboration. Yeah, um, I think what ends up happening is I like the guys to have as much involvement in the design as possible. Right. And just rein it in if it's starting to go all crazy, and that's basically based on my years of experience now. Right. Uh, when I first started Tasty Poison, all the ideas were just coming from me. Right. And that's that's a bit tiring, and it's a bit tiring for the staff if all of a sudden I have to go run and buy coffee. Right. <laughs> right. And they have to sit there and wait until I come back. So they become quite independent. It's it's actually it's a nice gel. That that's excellent. That, that sounds good. Um. And so, um, how long left? How long do you have left on uh, Tom Sparks? And um, what's your next project after that? Wow, um, that depends on the Kickstarter. <laughs> There's stretch goals, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if if just the base stretch goal or like the the initial one is met, um, it's about six months of development, right? Yeah. So it's not so bad for a PC title, just under a year. Yeah, no, that's not bad at all. Um, are you are you guys worried about uh, because it's basically a new platform uh, that testing is going to be a completely different beast than it was with mobile? I haven't thought about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be that difficult because um, well, one of our one of our tiers rewards is actually beta testing. Right. So we're going to get a lot more feedback probably than we've gotten from, yeah, our, our, our iOS. The, the problem with iOS is, is that everyone sort of pirates it. Right. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, what's our pocket RPG that we did? Right. Had a 98% piracy rate. Wow. And was that, mo- I mean, like, which country was that mainly in? Because I can remember. Oh, China. Yeah. China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we did a game for the WWF, which is for rhino conservation. Right, and it had a million downloads in China. Wow, 
but it's not available in China. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's interesting, like taking a look at your flurry data when you've got like your map and you're like hoping that you're making a whole bunch of money and you see China is like this big dark spot indicating that it has all your traffic. Um, yeah, we call it the big dark spot of blue. It's, it's like the windows crashing, the yep. blue screen of death. It's pretty much the same thing, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was very interesting talking uh, to folks on why that is. Um, and one of the reasons we found out was um, a lot of people pirate games just because their bandwidth is is you know is really bad. So um, they will then they will go to their friend and swap their game with their friend, and their friend will then swap their game with them. Right? Um, yeah. Kind of old school land days. Um, and, and also for a while, it's just because well, you know, they're making all the devices there. Right. Um, but you didn't have Apple and you didn't have Google. Right. There's only one way to get it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, yeah. Do you um, do you think you'll ever attempt uh, free-to-play? Just because free-to-play kind of harnesses the fact that people will pirate your games and hopefully try to get some money out of them. Um. That's a tough one. Uh, I'd rather not. I'm just, I've been doing this for too long. That, I mean, we'd, we'd offer some form of a payment wall, maybe. Right. So yeah, basically, that it's, makes a, sense to me. it's the yeah. same as a demo. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but we, we don't have the analytical staff um, or the, the marketing people as a small indie to actually be able to to hack it with a freemium freemium model right right yeah that's always scary is the uh is the amount of clout that uh companies like you know zynga and supercell put behind their whole free-to-play system yeah no their 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 analytical staff is probably three times as large as my entire staff yeah i easily easily <laughs> So, um, as far as um, making games with Unity, is there anything that you would that you find that Unity is lacking that you wish that it had? Um, no, honestly, like I, like I was mentioning, I mean, we have all this. We haven't even explored everything that we can do with um, PS4, for instance, or even Xbox One. We haven't even hit that point yet as a studio. Right, you know, we're 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 pretty just chuffed with what we have. It's pretty amazing. That is fantastic. Yes, <laughs> Unity is an amazing piece of software. Um, yeah. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Um, is uh, is there any kind of details like email addresses and Twitter addresses that you'd like to punt out there? Oh well, Twitter we're um, at tasty underscore poison. Right. Oh, uh, trying to think. Tom Sparks has his own. Excellent. Which is at taste at Tom Sparks uh, game. Right. Perfect. Yeah, we're trying to get him a driver's license here. We're gonna see if we can do it. <laughs> is that one of the, 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 the stretch goals? Is you know, you just give us a hundred bucks, we'll be able to get a driver's license. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um trying to think what else is it? Well there's um http uh tastypoisongames.com. Excellent. Um, we had a small run-in with Sony, and uh, their RSS feed's been buffeting our, uh, or 
hitting our www extension so it shuts down the servers here oh no yeah it's been going on now for three years (laughs) (laughs) i I love south africa no i really do it's cape town's an amazing place to live yeah it it, it's a beautiful country and a beautiful place so yeah i'm just glad that that Making games there is now a viable thing. Do you guys ever run into the Luma Arcade guys? Uh, Luma, Luma's in uh, Joburg. Joburg, right? Yeah, yeah. But there aren't yeah. that many no, games. I know, them, I know them quite well, though. They're not not. They're, they're kind of in the shadows right now. I'm not right. too sure what they're doing. Yeah, because um, they made um, that one kind of Western style mashup with uh, Magic. Yeah, uh, Blade Slinger. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, that's an awesome title. Uh, did you know how successful that was? Did they do all right? Um, quite honestly, I'm not not exactly sure how successful. I mean, I, I take a look at analytics all the time. Right. Uh, whenever I get a chance. And from the app figures, I'm not too sure how well they did. Right, yeah. It's always a hard market, specifically with these games. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they also, they're kind of like a tech house. Right. So they might have gotten some support just to push, you know, the 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 boundaries of the gaming scape on mobile. Right, because they did pretty well with Unity there. I remember a couple of technical articles on uh, on on shading that they wrote, which was good. Exactly. No, they're as far as Unity goes, they're they're very hooked up. Excellent. Um, well, once again, thank you so much uh, for your time, and um, yeah, look forward to seeing um, Tom Sparks come to life. Yeah, thanks. That'd be great. <laughs>